Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors podcast sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to be talking about uh, flow of service, which should be interesting because I think a lot of people do this, uh, well, very differently. Um, and there's some things I'll bring up. So uh, we're obviously going to refer to how you guys do it here in a minute, but like growing up as most of these podcasts have been pointing back to experiences because I mean, well, let's be honest, how you grow up does define how you think things should go. Um, and it's a lot of the reasons that we do a lot of the things we do. So I remember yeah. specifically <clears throat> growing up, um, you'd go to church, somebody would open, you know, the hymn book to page 142 or whatever, and then we'd sing that hymn. Um, and then somebody give up and give announcements, which was literally just reading off of a bulletin that everybody also already has. Um, and then we do some more songs, maybe a meet and greet time. And then somebody would preach. And if he really, really wanted the spirit to move, he'd use a song. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't a spirit move yeah. time, we're not going to, we're, we're just going to be dismissed. If you could tell if he was wanting some souls saved that day, if we sang, come as you are. <laughs> you knew yeah you knew that was how that worked so um and it's really been interesting to see because i mean when we were growing up uh, there wasn't as okay the term praise and worship band maybe was a thing but it does not refer to what it does refer to now like that it's a different definition uh praise yeah. and worship was if you had more than two people on the stage not singing from a hymnal i mean that's that's what that was so um yeah and it and even that was way out of place well yeah you didn't want to get too <laughs> um as you can probably already tell if you haven't listened to the first couple of podcasts we were not brought up pentecostal so <laughs> truth <laughs> so uh, if you're picking up on that so let's let's go into kind of how you guys do the flow of service and then i've definitely got some references of people that i know that i talk to pretty often that aren't a part of different denominations they do kind of set that up a little bit differently yeah, so we, um, this is, this could be a whole month, frankly, uh, okay. for us, because I say that because we've, uh, like I've said in previous um, podcasts, we've um, been going through a lot of kind of changes and replanning kind of stuff mm -hmm. the past few years. And so part of that is uh, kind of this never ending uh, flow of changes. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that has been a road in and of itself, but how we do it right now, right now is, um, at least in italics, if not bolded, right. Cause it's <laughs> going to change here and there. Yeah. Right. But, uh, how we do it right now is we'll typically, this isn't always the same, but typically we'll have one of the elders get up, um, on purpose. And I'll explain the reasoning for that in a minute. Um, but we have one of the elders get up and there's a, uh, announcements. If there are any, we'd limit that to a couple if they're important. Mm -hmm. If not, we don't even say anything. Um, that's what websites and bulletins and Facebook is for. Right. So that's kind of what we do. There might be announcements. There might not be, but then there's a call to worship, which essentially is just a scripture mm -hmm. that is picked to read. Then we have, uh, an opening prayer. One of the areas 
our vision right now, one of the areas of our growth that we want to, our body to grow is prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Which might sound goofy, but because uh, it's a church and that's kind of an obvious thing. But um, instead of being a church who writes um, prayers sent your way on Facebook and never prays, mm-hmm. we want to be a church who stops right in that moment. Yeah and puts our hand on there and say hey let me pray for you now instead of just telling you i'll go home and pray for you Mm -hmm. so uh we're not great at it yet but we're getting there but i said that to say this one of the focuses of our um gathering that we call it is um is that so we'll have the call to worship then we have prayer but it's not just some prayer there's uh about a 30 seconds give or take which is completely awkward at first 30 seconds of silence mm-hmm. where everybody kind of prays. Right. Yeah. And we, and it's led. Usually there's a subject matter at hand. It could okay. be based on news or based on a uh, vote that's taking place or whatever. Lots of different things. Um, single moms in our community that we, whatever. Right. Yeah. A lot of different things, but it's guided. So we'll have 30 seconds of kind of silent prayer. And then that, that elder, whoever it is, will pray out loud to kind of lead everyone in prayer. Then we might have, uh, this isn't every week, but it's pretty regularly. We'll have a responsive reading. Okay. So um, usually that's either a particular scripture or the apostles creed. We do sometimes. Um, Then after that, we lead right into worship music usually that means three songs. I try to teach them. Um, that's something that I just recently this past year have turned over to worship leaders and kind of let them fly yeah, right, them without fast, me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things I try to teach them is it's better to do two songs really well and lead us in worship than three songs and force it and suck on one of them because you just weren't ready. And so you're not worshiping. And if you're not worshiping, nobody else is. So Usually it's three songs, yeah. give or take. Then there's um, someone will get up. At, their offering happens then. Um, someone will get up and uh, near the end of offering and read the text for the sermon. Then directly after that, preaching, then song and or benediction, then go home. So it's, it's uh, the fly through is... Uh, announcements, call to worship, prayer, um, responsive reading sometimes, singing, scripture reading and offering, preaching, song benediction. Yeah. But I mean, it's all, it sounds like to me that it's all there for a reason and a purpose. Like there's not something just thrown in there because we had to do that. Like it's, there's, there's a flow for a reason. So, well, that's, that's what the preaching is, but that's the only thing that we just have to do. So, yeah. So, well, yeah, so, so, but I think that's, that's important to say, because so I know, I mean, who knows when you're listening to this, like how big or small your church is. Yeah. But one of the things that I think that small churches do not so well sometimes is having a structured flow for the purpose of making sure that, you know, I mean, we, we, we are on a mission here. We are, we are specifically here uh, to, to be taught as a body, to, to fellowship as a body. So like sometimes in smaller churches, oftentimes in smaller churches I've been in, either nobody wants to sing anything um, or you'll have a plethora of people that want to do what you would call quote unquote special music. Like 
I've been in a church that has, I mean, literally had four specials on a Sunday morning. So you're talking about a three to four minute song for each of these people. And yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a concert, bro. That's not, yeah. well, and it's yeah. one of those things where you're just like, okay, so that <laughs> I get it. Uh, some of you, not all of you have the gift of singing, but you're all up there. So it's one of those things that we really have to be conscious of. I say all of that to say like, if, if somebody is visiting that morning, like you, your flow of service is specifically, obviously not only, I mean, it's, it's for your congregation, but it's also to set that tone for this is who we are. This is what we believe. I mean, so the prayer, like you mentioned, uh, the responsive reading, for example, uh, all of those things are set up so that even if, so if I'm there all the time, I know what this flow is, but it's not just this arbitrary flow. Like it's there for a reason. Like we're doing all of these things purposefully. Um, the prayer thing really stands up like what you said, like you're teaching them, sort of trying to get them in that mindset. Um, the Apostles' Creed, again, this is just reinforcing what we believe. Um, and on top of that, like if, if it is some random stranger coming in, and we might talk about this a little bit as well. I mean, you, you've said before your church is very transient in a, in a way, so you have a lot mm -hmm. of visitors. So if it is yeah. somebody coming in that maybe they've never been to church before, maybe they're just traveling and they're visiting, like there's all sorts of reasons they could be there they're giving an impression of who you are from that flow i mean obviously when they walk in the doors they already have one uh but they're also getting a much more defined impression by that flow so it could easily depend on if they come back or not um on just kind of that flow how you know how they perceive that um yeah. and again you're not doing the flow specifically to get butts in the seat but you are doing the flow to for a reason to to keep them there and to teach them that this is who we are. This is what we believe this is what we're about. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's very important to have that in mind because if you do just like Ethel and Barney and Joe all sing their specials, um, like it's not that, you know, they can't sing, um, but it's, is that helping the body, right? Is that what impression yeah. are we given here? So, yeah, I think um, like I, I've been that person like growing up, um, where you're doing special music or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I know for me, and I'm certainly not going to put my, um, where my heart was on other people. But for me, right, there was a lot of um, special music sung in which my heart wanted to be praised, right? Mm -hmm. It was yeah, about yeah. me. It was about me looking good or sounding good or, or uh, getting pats on the back afterward a lot more than it was about um, our church collectively being led in worship and, mm -hmm. and leaving in awe of God. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that we, um, that we stress to anybody that's going to be up there in any capacity, whether you're just even taking up offering, right. Um, even if you're that guy, right. Um, we want everybody part of the family uh, or brand new to have an experience while they're here that is completely distractionless in that we want you to be able to come here, worship God and not be distracted from that mm -hmm. because we're not prepared or because something yeah. messed up or because, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. Um, now I'd be interested cause I know, um, great examples of this and some really poor examples of this, but is there mm -hmm. anything you guys do, for example, during the offering time 
that um, I, I guess the best word to pay is explain it. So there's churches that I know that I've I've been to that have um, almost a mantra. I would disagree with their mantra and why they do it, but um, it is for better or worse their explanation to their body of why they're doing this thing. And then there's been some great churches that I've been to that did that, you know, while the usher, you know, the ushers are coming up to take up the offering, um, they are explaining, Hey, this is the, uh, you know, the gift for the body that we're using to proclaim the gospel. There's some churches, for example, don't even take up offering. They just mention that, Hey, in the back, there's a box or there's yeah. in, the, in the more advanced technological churches, a swiping machine or a text in to donate or text in to give kind of option. We have that. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that like, uh, we don't where we're at. In fact, true story. There is no signal at all where I go to church. You cannot, <laughs> you're talking about a distraction free environment. Yeah. You cannot yeah. receive text or look at Facebook. Like it's not a thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, which is helpful sometimes for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To no be doubt. Completely honest. So, um, but it's one of those things that and I think people are going, where do you, are you in a hole? Are you in a, where are you at? There's no signal. In there. It's just, it's a weird spot in our, in our area that literally there's just nothing. So it's just a weird spot. But um, so how do you guys kind of go about that? Cause obviously there's a lot of different models. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so we have three areas um, that we would define as areas that, that we, the elders, um, have seen as areas that we want our church body to grow in, right? Um, those are prayer, which I mentioned earlier, stewardship, and missional thinking. So uh, stewardship, it's just, it's all about money, right? For most people who hear that word. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about stewardship, that's actually kind of what we're addressing. The fact that the only thing people think of is money when we talk about stewardship. So that is one of the things though, you can't get away from that. Yeah. Money is a thing. It's part of it. Like God, the, the whole principle behind all of stewardship is the fact that God is the creator and owner of all things. Right. So my house, um, I have to steward that because it's his, yeah. I have to steward that for the kingdom. With that said, part of that's money, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we make prayer, stewardship, and missional a part of all kinds of things that we say during a given gathering, okay. right? Um, and so stewardship, it's not so much that we would say, hey, this is what the money that you're going to give right now. This is what we're using it for. Like we don't get into that necessarily because some of that I would actually view because of our context as one of those distractions we're trying to get away from, Mm -hmm. right? Because of where it's at in the flow of the morning. I mean, I don't want to like go straight from worshiping and some powerful singing and raising his name up to worship to, okay, so if you'll all give uh, this week, this is uh, what we're going to give to, and this, this is our budget. I mean, we don't want to do that and interrupt the flow of worship yeah. and, then, and then do preaching. So, so most that, of the time, real, real yeah, quick, go ahead. I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, but like, so I, I, I've heard this before and it almost sounds like what you, so the flow you have set up is you're going from, from worship into giving almost as an extension of worship already. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, we, we're, um, 
in fact, where you will hear what you're talking about specifically is usually going to be whoever's leading worship or someone on the team that they've kind of selected or knows ahead of time. That person will pray for the offering, right? Or whatever. They'll, they'll pray um, to lead us from worship into offering into sermon, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mentioned there, right? And in, in the sense that, um, you know, Lord bless the, the money that we're giving the, this is simply another extension of our worship yeah. uh, to you. It's yours. And we pray that you'll bless it and, and teach us what to do with it. All, all that kind of stuff. So like, you'll find stuff like that in the prayers, even that they, that they pray as they're blessing it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we'll have a, uh, guys at the front when they're done praying, walking down the aisles, old school, walking down the aisles with the plates. And mm-hmm. we have a slide up on the front that says text this number to give. And then, you know, we go from there. Gotcha. Have you seen, I mean, just as a, a random off the cuff question there, that text to give, has that been a pretty utilized option for most people? Uh, half and half, right? Gotcha. It's okay. just, it's exactly what you would expect. So my generation, our generation, yeah. it's like this below, is way easier. <laughs> yeah. Because you can actually set up monthly payments even yeah. and don't even have to do it anymore. Yeah. Right. If you have a salary and you're making the same thing all the time and you have a certain amount you want to give, you can do that. And it's just a piece of cake. Yeah. Um, for, for those folks who obviously aren't there yet, the older people, you know, they're, they're going to always need that plate and that's fine. You know, yeah. we're going to that, do both. Yeah. That's an awesome observation because there's so many times we get to church and Christina's like, oh, I forgot the checkbook again. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to, we'll just double give next week. And like, yeah, I haven't just, used a checkbook in probably 10 years, bro. That <laughs> literally is the only reason we have one exactly. is for church. Yeah. And the bank's like, why are these people still ordering checks? We're like, we go to church down here where there's no signal. Right. We can't even yeah. text to give if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the building is so like the way it's built. So um, anyway, awesome. So that's obviously your, so your flow, you've, you're mentioning that as far as how that goes. Now worship, um, just to kind of build on that a little bit, because I think that's a really important key that I think uh, our generation on up and not to discount the people before us, but I just really never saw that in the flow, but everything building on that whole worship. So worship then leads to worship in giving, which also now leads to worship in, in, in sermon and learning. And then worship also leads to the commission to go out and be missional. Um, I think music plays a huge part of that um, in, in getting us to that point almost. I mean, it's not, it's not necessary, but it's very helpful. So um, obviously I think uh, you remember the worship wars. Uh, most people probably remember what would be defined as the worship wars, which in case you've lived in a cave or you came after them and you don't know of the travesty that occurred before, um, it was led by the great general Chris Tomlin. And he, uh, he basically took hymns and, and reformatted them. And then uh, it was just a travesty among travesties. Yeah. And um, a lot of people. How, how dare you, Chris yeah. Tomlin? <laughs> a lot of people did not like, uh, maybe a modern, more form of music coming into yeah. the body using drums. And I mean, I know to some of you listening, that is going to sound so silly because in your church, there's fogs and lasers and you go, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. But, there's another way, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the idea of that, of a worship leader on stage 
leading in that fashion was not always the thing that happened. So um, how have you seen, uh, I mean, not to get into that specifically, but obviously worship's a huge part of getting the people, you know, just in this mode of honoring God and glorifying God. So maybe you can speak to how you guys incorporate that and more specifically, like kind of how, what songs do you specifically use to do that? Mm. Because I think lyrics are very important in how yeah. we do this. Yeah. So for us, um, this is actually something that probably over the past couple of years, I personally have had to think through quite a bit. Um, our, our church went through some turmoil and maybe that's something we could get to in some episode in the future or something, mm -hmm. but it's conflict or whatever in church, but we went through some turmoil, like three and a half, four years ago that kind of spurred on all of this change I've been talking about. Yeah. And, um, coming out of that, it was, uh, myself and another woman who would alternate weeks leading worship. Okay. So I would be up there with my guitar and, uh, do it one week. I usually would have another couple of people, vocalists up there with me. Mm -hmm. And then this other gal plays the keys, right? So she would do that as the instrument. So that's where we were for a while. So this is something that for me personally, I've had to think through as I'm bringing on um, new worship leaders and phasing myself out of that mm -hmm. to take on this new role. And um, so I, there are a couple of things, right? One, some churches I've seen use music to manipulate emotions yes. on purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. simply sure. to create an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's, that's goofy and, and not biblical and not right. And it's, it, and you just end up with something that isn't genuine. Right. Mm -hmm. Second problem. And this is more kind of what we grew up with. Not that they were all wrong. Right. That's what there was there at the time. Um, but to say we only want um, grandpa Joe behind the pulpit opening a hymnal and leading us with, with the little, you know, like they always the hands, did. always the yeah. hands as yeah. if he was directing a choir. Yeah. Yeah. A guy that had never taken a music class in his life knew how to do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yes. I mean that, that was, that was well and good. Like it's fine. Right. But, um, but that can also create a lack of genuine worship mm -hmm. because it can be so emotionless right yes it's just that extremes it's like, there yeah you're just yeah. At, you're just you're just doing something at the purpose of not doing the other thing right yeah absolutely and and so like literally everything under the sun right finding that balance mm -hmm. is is important and so for us one of the things that that we do on purpose is if you're going to introduce a new song um clear it with the elders right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, because part of our job as elders is being the spiritual leaders of the church, being the guard dogs of the church. And so I'll just say it. We don't want like reckless love up there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we want to be intentional about mm -hmm. the theology being introduced in, yeah. in the words. And um, we want people to hear the words, to sing the words and to understand them and mean them. Right. Mm -hmm. So the words have to make sense and be important and be intentional with the gospel. Right. So I don't know, we do, we do things from old hymns arranged differently. Yeah. Like we have people that do holy, holy, holy. Uh, we have uh, people that do 10,000 reasons still. We have a, kind of a vast array of stuff that gets done, but all of it's theologically good to go. 
all of it is uh, checked and balanced, kind of. And yeah. so that's what uh, this is kind of an, a question into this. I've had this conversation with so many people. I'd love to hear your your input on this. So obviously, there are some great songs that for that song are theologically solid. That that particular song. But it comes from... I already know where you're going. <laughs> but it comes from uh, maybe a church that overall is not theologically solid. But this song is great. So how do you approach that? Because here's the thing. I mean, because in the church I go to, for example, there's been songs introduced from churches that we would not align with at all um, mm-hmm. that, that, that we've sung. And the, the, the one pushback I had with, I mean, not pushback, the conversation I had with the worship leader was, hey, you know, do you know where this is from? Do you know what these guys' theology is? I mean, just the idea of making sure, like you said, we're the guard dogs. We're putting in place things that say, hey, you know, we're, I mean, because it's a really awkward situation to get up there and sing a song and be like, but we don't agree with the theology of this church uh, that this is coming from. So how do you guys address that? That is a great question. And I'll just be honest and say we haven't gotten there oh. uh, as far as really uh, having a solid answer for that question. But um, uh, personally, right, and I think I don't think anyone would disagree with this on our um, team of elders, but um, in fact, I know they wouldn't. Uh, when it comes to the song, uh, first and foremost, lyrics are what matter, mm-hmm. right? And I think if there's a way, not every church has the ability to do this, and I get that. Our church is pretty, like there are a few people who are older um, who aren't out there technologically, right? Like on social media and stuff like that. Um, but those people also don't have any clue who these churches are. Yeah. You know? They're not on um, the Insta book, huh? Right. So we're we're... I think we try to be upfront about theology, things that to watch out for, things that we disagree with. And I would like to think, so I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble, not with my church, but with our past, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We, we try and strive very much so to not have ignorant people, spiritually and theologically ignorant people in our chairs. Mm -hmm. That's always going to happen because you have young Christians who don't yeah. know any better. Right. Um, but the idea is those Christians are being discipled by Christians who are, who are, yeah, uh, yeah who, who know what to look for and who can say, no, 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 that's not right. Mm-hmm. If you have a church that is robust enough, um, to be able to do that kind of thing, then I don't think it's quite as dangerous to do those songs if they're mm-hmm. theologically awesome yeah. right good to go or it may not even be brought up to to be an option because they've already they already know where it comes from so they maybe because there, there's been some people that i know that are worship leaders for example that'll say yeah i like that song but i would never sing it in a church mm-hmm. because i can't get up there and be i mean i'm not going to intro with this is a good song but their theology is not good i'm just not going to sing it because i'm going to be discerning enough to know that if i do someone might look that up yeah um so and like you said, I think it's so important, like you said, to have people, and we'll, we'll talk about this probably at another point, but to, to have people in your body that are living that out, that are helping and are discipling younger believers and using that discernment to say, hey, you know, this is, you know, maybe why or why you shouldn't or why you mm-hmm. should do this or why you shouldn't do that. So, yeah. um, 
But yeah, that's, I always find that to be interesting because when those, and I say that it's very important, like what you said, that it has to be clear with the elders. Some people might be like, well, why does everything have to go through the elders? Yeah, probably a good idea. Because if Mm -hmm. it's not, if you have a pastor that's just very like, hey, do whatever, as long as the spirit moves, super dangerous because uh, literally anybody could get up there and say anything. Mm -hmm. And you, until it comes out of their mouth, like, um, and, and far too often, I think that's a really big issue. I mean, we're talking about flow of service here, but that happens. I've been at churches. I mean, the the good thing about guests speaking to different churches is you get to kind of see their different flows. And what has happened before, I've been at churches where people have, I'm like, you, I've been invited. They've never heard me speak before. So I'm just, first of all, it's a, I'm like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll come. I mean, you have no clue what I'm going to say, but Sure. Um, but when you get there, you kind of see that, okay, well, this is kind of how they operate in general. They just got my name from somebody just like they just got that guy's name from somebody. And he gets up there and is borderline heretic, but nobody's saying anything. Um, and I think if those, those intentional flow isn't put in place with that backing of what you guys, what you said, like there's a checking with the elders, that could be a huge issue, which I think is why flow is why I want to talk about it why flow of service is so important mm-hmm. because it says something, whether you think it does or not to the people that yeah. are in the pews or the people that are coming in to visit your, 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 or maybe not pews, maybe you got seats, but <laughs> hold on. Yeah, my, we have chairs. So. Yeah, you got chairs. Yeah. Sorry. My internet connection was said it was bad, but uh, so anybody that comes in there, um, it says something to them about what you're doing. So, um, I think that worship part is incredibly important as well. So yeah, it, it is an emotional thing, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. have it. It's it's an important part of of uh, what you're going to do at any whatever you do it in your in your flow of things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is. But I think what you said, like the important part, is that knowing that it is emotional, that it can bring people into that um, those moments where they uh, can come in contact with the God of the universe. It is vitally important, just as it is what you say in a sermon, to be sung by your people. So if it's not theologically correct, that is an issue. Like I've known of, not very often, but I have known of pastors that have purposely sent their worship leaders uh, off uh, or paid for like online classes on theology so that they had a better base of what was happening. It wasn't just a, I'm up here just doing music. It was a, hey, these need to also be theologically sound and this is why. Um, something to something really I wanted to just throw out there on that kind of note is, um, and it really is uh, going to hit the nail on the head with uh, what your original question here when it comes to like churches you don't maybe agree with theologically. Mm-hmm. Um, the worship leaders that we have now, um, I, they want to grow, like they're not professional musicians, mm-hmm. right? They're good at what they do. They worship well, which is the first thing that I look for, right? Yeah. Like if you're skilled and you know everything, you, you could be professional touring, but you don't worship. It's a mm-hmm. performance. I don't want you, right? Like that's yeah. the first thing. And so, um, but because of that, like they have room and they would say this, I'm not afraid to say it because they would be the first people to say like uh, when it comes to uh, skill, knowledge, music theory, that, I mean, the, the mm-hmm. technical stuff they um, want to grow because they're, they're kind of amateurs, right? Like I yeah. am, frankly. Um, 
and so with that um bethel right Mm -hmm. which i don't i don't align with theologically um but and and our church doesn't align with theologically there are things that um that are that are important to them that we would say we're never doing that right um but so you're not having chris ballatson speak at your church probably not (laughs) um uh, he's never asked (laughs) so but but you know there no one can deny how amazing Mm -hmm. the skill level of their worship is yeah i mean they're 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 amazing that's why they do it for literally an hour yeah there's a reason they can tour right Mm -hmm. um they have an online training kind of thing it's a subscription bethel Mm -hmm. puts it out and um, one of the, it was a thing, right? Like for us to talk about as worship leaders and, and stuff, like, is this something that would be beneficial to you? Well, someone came to me and said, but it's them. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I get it. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if I thought that you guys were not mature enough to look past that stuff and, and use the skill that they teach, mm-hmm then I wouldn't suggest it. Right. But because of who we have, right. I'm, I'm comfortable enough with them not going, Oh, we should be prophesying more or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm comfortable with what they're going to come back with. It's going to be, I'm going to look at this video and probably not that one. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, part of it is just knowing your worship leaders. If we had people, I wouldn't suggest it as a thing even. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, there are people who would, who would probably look at what I just said and say, well, why are you even giving the money? Right. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, basically all year, I mean, that's the first thing that I think you'd probably get pushback on, but so the, I think the important takeaway there is you're saying, look, this is the best or one of the best people in, for lack of a better word, the game right now that, that are doing this. Um, so what can we learn from them to improve on us while mm-hmm. shifting that really, not shifting, but really putting this in a more doctrinally sound place, in my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. but using that same skill set to learn from. Because obviously, I mean, I mean, like you said, I mean, if you want to learn construction, you may, may not go find, you know, the best guy that does construction may not be a Christian, but he's definitely going to be the best person to teach you that. Yeah. Uh, and you can teach that and learn that and then use that for the glory of the kingdom. So uh, not to make a one can one comparison there with Bethel, but right. you, get, you get the point. So, yep. uh, and then to, I'd like to end on this just a little bit since we're on the worship part of it. And that's, you know, a pretty big flow of it, but I'd like you to describe kind of how, because we've talked to, briefly about this before, but how your team is set up because oftentimes it is like one person every week in front of, you know, the congregation. And I mean, just like with preaching, which I, why I like kind of what we talked about in a previous episode with the leadership about how you guys kind of share that a little bit, um, because it's very easy to be overwhelmed uh, in life in general. Um, but same thing can happen to your worship leader. So if you want to describe your team real quick and how they kind of do that and how you found that to be, you know, the pros and cons of that to kind of finish this up here. Yeah. So um, even as we talk about preaching, uh, our our church, the way that we function is it is a shared load. So like I, I would be viewed as one of the elders that has that particular maybe skill or mm-hmm. gift. Um, uh, but we have myself, the pastor who I will not 
the people that we're talking to don't know the story, but the yeah. uh, pastor who's the full-time pastor here right now is going to be retiring. I'm going to be uh, replacing him. Uh, I've been part-time here for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last October, it was a year. And um, so I preach, he preaches. We have another elder who preaches. Um, and then we bring in guest preachers that we know and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But so we have a team of preachers and it's kind of the same thing with our worship team. So currently, uh, as I said earlier, it, it used to be me and another gal that would, um, swap back and forth. We would each do kind of two Sundays a month, um, and alternate. And now God has blessed us with a lot of, uh, talent and people who are good at it. And so we have four, uh, worship leaders. So they essentially do it once a month. And then when there's that weird fifth Sunday, one of them does that one each, each time. Um, but, uh, and a lot of the people on those specific worship teams are, uh, shared. So a lot of them do even, even one of the worship, a couple of the worship leaders do it multiple times a month, but they're not the leader necessarily. Yeah. So um, probably how that will end up. So we're not done changing, right? Yeah. By no means do we have this thing nailed down. So probably uh, we will, um, we've already talked about it more than once. We'll end up with one worship team uh, with more than one leader, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so they'll probably take turns and shift and do their own thing. But um, and you'll just be on worship, but if you have to miss this week or if you're away, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So we're eventually going to have one worship team, probably with more than one leader as a part of it, but share the load is an important thing here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So well, I would imagine, I mean, going back to the whole purpose of this episode, as far as the flow of service, I would imagine that would help a bit, especially because, I mean, so for example, um, we're going back to the preaching thing. Like I remember, no, I mean, it was last month, actually, I preached uh, three different Sundays at three different churches. And I was ecstatic to be back at my church, not preaching that fourth <laughs> one because yeah. it was, I mean, you, you do that so much that it, then it becomes this, okay, well, you know, who am I? Where, I need to be fed as well. Like I need to hear preaching as well. So uh, I would imagine it would be very similar as a worship leader that you're like, okay, well I was leading. I would, I mean, I want to be part of the body participating now. And how that for me would go into the flow is that, you know, that, that just makes it to where it's fresh and it's your, the people that are in front doing the flow for, like we talked about a purpose and uh, you know, not just arbitrarily uh, it makes it to where you can be prepared. You can be energized. You're not burnt out, which is a huge thing in ministry so that, the congregation, because that's why we have the flow anyway for the body, mm-hmm. uh, can you know worship like you said, distraction free. We're not wondering why the guy's got bags under his eyes or he's not prepared or like. Or yeah. we're over three slides behind, you know. <laughs> the fourth slide guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always always gets the brunt of it. But um, I think that I mean that 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 structure, like we talked about, is extremely helpful to the flow because you're not so burnt out. You don't have to be prepared every week. You don't have, I mean, you can just be a part of the body. So yeah, excellent. All right. So uh, hopefully that was helpful. And if you, it's very easy if you attend the same church for a very long time, not to realize or just to kind of forget that there are different sorts of, of ways to set this up, reasons to set this up, 
and not that i mean like we said in the first episode we're totally right you have to do it our way or you're wrong because you yeah mm -hmm. so just yeah take uh, well yeah just <laughs> yep i hope you guys are uh pen in hand yeah during the whole no no but like hopefully yeah. you've learned something helpful that maybe you don't do or maybe you can take from this that's kind of the point of this conversation um and the next episode we will be talking about what additional ministries oh this is going to be i so, am so excited for this conversation <laughs> stuff besides sunday morning yeah so uh, anyway i think this will yeah. be that that one will be extremely interesting as well for anybody that's uh, in youth ministry children's ministry any other ministry so anyway we'll probably get a few comments I, I would imagine i would i yeah we'll talk about it we'll talk about it next yeah. episode so thank All you right. guys for listening and thank you if you guys are watching on youtube watching it as well we'll see you next time